How's everyone doing? You doing all right? That's awesome. Well, last week, as you know, if you were here, and if you didn't, you're going to know in a minute, as I'm going to tell you, uh, Craig began our series on trending now. Okay, and this is all about us speaking and sharing on several topics over the next several weeks uh, that are prevalent in our world right now and um, trending. And we are sandwiching these topics in, in between the story of Jonah, which is what he started with last week. So we're going to start with Jonah and we're going to end with Jonah. And Jonah ran from God only to find himself running straight into God. Right? And, and we find ourselves in this dilemma as we face just the, the complicated issues that are out there in the world and society today and, and maybe bother us in the day, maybe keep us awake at night sometimes with that voice of God kind of on repeat in our heads calling us to make a difference in the middle of the toughest situations that we're facing. So where are we right now? Well, we're in the belly of the whale. That's where we found ourselves right now in the middle of the toughest situation. That's where Jonah is. With God's rescue mission to save Jonah from himself and from the, you know, imminent death uh, of the ocean. So he sent this fish. In light of that, let's watch this video. So fast, your life ain't over yet. See, we're here to tell you all about the forgiveness that you can get. You see, God's got a mercy. Should know what you should do if you believe 
Telling you what, if you missed out on growing up in the Veggie Tales era, you missed out. Look it up. We promise that through these messages on Jonah, we will at least show one video every time. Jonah chapter 2, that's where we are today. Starting at verse 1 Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish belly. And he said, I cried out of my distress to the Lord, and he heard me. Out of the belly of Sheol, I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the sea, and the floods surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Has anyone ever been wiped out by a wave in the ocean? So you know how fierce that is. Then I said, verse 4, I have been cast out of your presence, out of your sight, yet... I will look again towards your holy temple. He's like, I am nowhere near you, but I am trying to see you. The waters compassed about me, even to the extinction of my life. The abyss surrounded me. The abyss is, is like this deep or seemingless, bottomless chasm. He said the seaweed was wrapped around my head. He can't see anything. There's confusion. All the weeds are all around his head, his mind, his thoughts. I feel like this is even like a picture on the outside, what was happening on the inside with his thoughts. The weeds that consume us in our heads, in our minds, steal our hope. Verse 6, I went down to the bottom and the very roots of the mountains. The earth which his bars closed behind me forever. We have to picture this. I mean, he's like, I'm never getting back. I am never getting back. It is over for me. I did this to myself, and now here I am. I crossed a line that I cannot return. The door behind me is closed. This is the feelings. This is the, the hopelessness that Jonah has in this moment. Yet, he says, you have brought my life up from the pit and corruption. Oh, Lord, my God. Wait, so what happened? Verse 7, when my soul, we know that our soul is our mind, it is our will, and it is our emotions. When my soul fainted upon me, crushing me, I earnestly and seriously remember the Lord. When my soul, okay, so what does it feel like to have your soul faint and crush on you. What does it feel like when your thoughts, your desires, your feelings pass out? They faint. Like you literally have nothing left. Like this is it. This is the bottomlessness of hopelessness. It affects you physically. It is in your mind. It is in your will. It is in your emotion. But yet it is so deep inside of you that it affects you physically to the point of collapsing. But I earnestly and seriously remembered the Lord. Stop <laughs> right here. See, all his inner capabilities fainted. 
It crushed him. The weight of his current stay in this belly of a whale or in the ocean before he made it to the whale, his past mistakes all flooding back in his mind, but a lot of confusion because the seaweed and, and, and just the pain and the turmoil of the, the doors closing behind him. He has gone too far. He can never return. All his failures, all his dumb ideas that he's done, all, all the regret literally crushing on his life right now. But then I remembered the Lord. In what situation right now, think about it, do you need to remember the Lord? He said, and my prayer came to you in your holy temple. I remembered you and then I prayed to you because I had to. So how in the middle of the deepest, darkest moment in Jonah's life, when his mind, his emotions, his will fainted, it crushed upon him, all of that, was he able to do this? See, when something is crushed, it's beyond repair. If it's broken, you can fix it. If it's crushed, it needs to be replaced. It's crushed. How in this sunless, dark place can Jonah earnestly and seriously remember the Lord. He has no strength. The doors have closed. He has seaweed wrapped around his head, blocking his vision. He's sinking, sinking, sinking. He has no air left. He cannot breathe in the water. He's been crashed. He's toiled. He's turned. He's tossed all around. So how in the middle of this does he find the strength to pray? He can't even see. How can he even look towards the holy temple? He doesn't know where it is. It's dark, but he's looking towards the Lord. How? When I was very little, sometimes at night um, in my bed, when I, just before I go to sleep, it would be so dark in my room. And so dark that I remember I used to hold my hand up and try to see my hand in front of my face as I'm trying to fall asleep. I don't know if you've ever done that. But I used to do this a lot. And Literally, it was so pitch black in my bedroom that I couldn't see my hand in front of my face. And I would try with my eyes, like, squinting them and looking and, like, closer, further. I'd try to look towards where I remembered my window would be because I couldn't see any light. Like, well, maybe a little bit of light would help me see my hand. Nothing. It would be so dark in my room. So dark. Have you ever been in a place so dark that you cannot find the way out? Like a, a financial hole where you're like, man, I don't know how I'm getting out of this. A bad breakup in a relationship. A huge misstep on your part, maybe in a job situation. or A tragic loss in your family where you've lost a loved one and you just cannot get beyond it. We suffer pain like this all the time. It is prevalent. We're trapped in pain. We don't have anything we feel that can pull us out of this cycle of pain. So how did Jonah, in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of this chaos, of this hopelessness, have the strength to pray? To know where to look towards the holy temple, towards the Lord. See, I wonder, I wonder if it's because he had history with the Lord.
when he remembered the Lord, he prayed. He's like, the door's trap closed behind me. I was going into the abyss, but then I earnestly remembered the Lord. See, you cannot remember an event that didn't happen, and you cannot remember a person you didn't meet. Jonah had history with the Lord. He had history with the Lord. And I just wondered that maybe, just maybe, his history with God had produced a fruit in his life that was available by default in his deepest, darkest moment of his life. Without even trying. It's black. It's bleak. It's over. And then he remembered the Lord. See, he had, been, he had built a history. A history had been forming in his life. No one had to, he didn't have to look for it. No one had to tell him about it. He just had a history with the Lord. See, sometimes when people are struggling, we remind them about Jesus. And they already know about Jesus, but we tell them of, of Jesus and what he can do. And that is a good thing. We should do that. We should. It's not the pat spiritual answer. It is the answer. My God, if I didn't believe what I was preaching up here, what's the point? <laughs> So if you come for me to me for advice in a situation and I give you a list of just natural things that you can do, like, what is that? No, I'm going to give you Jesus every time. Every time because he has never failed me yet. So it's always going to be Jesus. And if you don't like the, spa, the, the pat spiritual answer, then you're probably going to go somewhere else because I'm going to give you Jesus every time because he is the answer. He is the answer. When we have history with the Lord, I shouldn't even need to tell you. I'm, I'm happy to, though. Because you already know, though. And you already know what he's done for you. And you already know what he's done before he can do again. And you've seen other people on him at work in other people's life. And you know that what he's done for someone else he can do for you. And, 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 and we encourage each other in the Lord. And that is a good thing. But how many know we are also responsible for what we know? We're responsible for what the revelation that God has given us in thought and in deed. So when you know it, you got to apply it. I remember being in a car accident when I was uh, 12 in Buffalo, New York. And I, I remember I was sitting in the back with my brother and my parents were in the front. And I remember um, suddenly the car coming to this screeching, literally screeching halt. And it was like a, a T-bone kind of situation. And I remember my mom yelling, Jesus! It was her just default. She didn't have to think about it. It was her cry for help. It was just like there was an involuntary response. Jesus. See, your history with the Lord will give you an involuntary first response. And that response has the power to pull you out of the deepest, darkest places. See, Jonah knew. He's like, I got nothing here, but I've got God. <laughs> Yes, I ran. Yes, I messed up. Yes, I put myself in this situation. And it seems like the end, but God. He's proven himself. He's shown himself. He's been faithful. And today is no different. It may be the worst yet, but it always is until the next time. But he's never not once not come through. See, history with someone is an incredible thing, actually. 
you just pick up where you left off. You just have this history. You have this quiet understanding. We've been through some stuff. We'll always have each other's back. And I might not see you for a long time, but we're just always good when we meet up again. We have friends in this room we have a lot of history with. I, re I remember I probably shared this story not too long ago, but um, one time when I, I went uh, away, I flew to Canada to speak at a um, youth camp convention. Uh, weekend thing, and um, and then I couldn't get back in time, and and we had a medical family kind of emergency happening here, and and oh my flight got delayed and it got canceled. There was all this stuff. It was winter there, so that explains it all. And we were I was trying to get back home to my family where I needed to be, and the the closest I could get, which was good, was L.A. because the first plan they gave me was Colorado for three days. I'm like, that's actually not close at all to San Diego, but thank you. Um, but they got me to L.A., and I was going to get in at midnight, and um, I, my family was, like, in the hospital situation. They, they could not come to pick me up, and our dear friends, <laughs> Shelby and Juan Britos, were like, we'll come get you. We'll come get and drove up in the middle of the night to pick me up in LA and drove me back. It's history, it's longevity, it's friendship that will do anything. I got your back. That's what it is. That's what that is. See, history is never wasted. Building history is never wasted. I love the fact that right now in our current situation, we are building history with each other. We are building it right now. So isn't that cool that in five and ten years that we're going to have history with you guys and you're going to have history with each other. We can look back and be like, look how far we've come. I love that. History. I'm sorry, my Siri is talking to me. Well, she said it's all good. History is never wasted. See, the way you live today is building or not building history with the Lord. So if you want something to draw on later, I suggest building a history now. It's powerful. That's why, that's why the pain of losing a loved one is unbearable. Because of the history you've built with them. The history of the Lord connects you to the anchor. When you are tossed by the difficulties of life, the unexpected outcomes, the bad decisions, the wrong choices, just the things, the issues of life. The history has the capacity to hold us as we drift. If you picture your life heading in a direction and, and the anchor is Jesus, he's our hope. Then the line connecting you to Jesus is your history. I'm going to ask, I don't know, Craig, Josiah, someone to come up here. It doesn't actually, it could be anyone. Someone run up here. Here, hold this. So if you're, if Jesus is your rock, you can hold it. So Craig is Jesus. <laughs> and you're over here, and you're Jonah. And you're going through some stuff. And the sea, remember how he was in the ocean. The seaweed was wrapped around his head and he couldn't see. And he was being tossed by the wave. We talked about what that feels like. Where you're literally being thrown around by the ocean. And you feel like you're sinking, sinking, sinking into the abyss. And there's bottomless and there's hopelessness. And there's nothing left. And you, but there's this line 
there's this line, there's this history, and the rock isn't moving. The rock is your firm foundation. The rock is not going anywhere because it is your anchor. And your history has the ability that even if you can't see, even if you don't know where you're going, even if it's bleak, if it's slow, if it's slow, if it's dark, your history has the ability to bring you back to where you came from, to your rock, to your firm foundation, your history. This was Jonah, swallowed by a sea monster, which was truly a godsend, to be honest. The God of second chances was present. The God you and I have built a history with. You're like, but Renee, I don't have much history I hear you talking about it, but that my line would be like this big. Or I haven't built any at all. It's not too late to build history. You start today. You know, long-term history or short-lived history doesn't matter because history is history. If this line is as long as it was or if it's literally from here to here, you're still right there. History is history. It connects you. You remember the Lord. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, 20, it says, this hope, this hope, this confident assurance we have as an anchor of the soul. Remember, our mind, our will, and emotions, it is an anchor for that. It cannot slip. It cannot break down under whatever pressure bears upon it. Are you hearing me? Under whatever pressure bears upon it. It is safe. It is steadfast. Safe, restful, steadfast, unshakable hope that enters within the veil of the heavenly temple, that most holy place where the very presence of God dwells where Jesus has entered in advance as a forerunner. See, this hope, this confidence that we have of good, no matter what, we have a confidence of good. It is an anchor of our souls. It cannot slip. It cannot break down. It's safe. It's steadfast, and it's within the veil of the presence of God. This is what Jonah was referring to. He said, my eyes towards the temple of the Lord. I can't see it. I can't even see my hand in front of my face, but I remember where the window was. I remember where the temple is, and I'm going to look, and I am going to trace my history back with the Lord until I reach the rock, the firm foundation, the unshakable truth. See, God's love for you and for others is not going anywhere. The worst you've been, the darkest night, the most terrible of humanity out there, his love covers all of us all the time. All his mercy is extended all the time. His fierceness, his passion, his persistence of people all the time. In Psalms, there's a beautiful picture of the Lord and his passion for us. And if you are going through something right now, just picture yourself in this place and the Lord's response to you. Psalms 18, let me read it. 
This is the hangman's noose was tied at my throat. Devil waters rushed over me. Hell's ropes clinched me tight. Death traps barred every exit. A hostile world I call to God. I cry to God to help me. From his palace, he hears my call. My cry brings me right into his presence, a private audience. Earth wobbles and lurches. Huge mountains shake like leaves, quake like aspen leaves because of his rage. He is so passionate for his kids. His nostrils flare, bellowing smoke. His mouth spits fire. This is how he feels when we are in trouble. It, it is this passion that comes. It's like, man, as a parent, you know. You know, and we are not even a fraction of the love of God. But you know when your baby's in trouble, you're going to move heaven and earth to save. This is him. This is him. Tongues of fire dart in and out. He lowers the sky. He steps down under his feet. An abyss opens up. He's riding a winged creature swift on wind rings. This is like so cool. Now he's wrapped himself in a trench coat of black cloud darkness. His cloud brightness bursts through spraying hailstones and fireballs. Then God thundered out of heaven. The high God gave a great shout, spraying hailstones and fireballs. God shoots his arrows, penmodium. He hurls his lightning around. The secret sources of oceans are exposed. The hidden depths of earth lie uncovered. The moment you roar in protest, let loose your hurricane anger. But me... But me, but me, he caught. Reached all the way from sky to sea. He pulled me out of that ocean of hate, that enemy chaos, that void in which I was drowning. God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before him. There's someone here this morning that you're just like, I am in pieces. I am in pieces. God made my life complete when I placed all the pieces before him. When I got my act together, he gave me a fresh start. Now I'm alert to God's ways. I don't take God for granted. I feel put back together, and I'm watching my step. God rewrote the text of my life when I opened the book of my heart to his eyes. See, this is for you. This is for me. This is for others. This is for the broken. This is for the, the haters. This is for the left wing. This is for the right wing. This is for the pro-choice. This is for the pro-life. This is for every gender, every race, every nation, every every people group under heaven. This is for every bad person, crazy person, poor person, rich person. This is for everyone. God's love for everyone. We all have a certainty in the Lord. It's not a, gosh, I hope this works out. Man, this would be cool if we all have a certainty in the Lord. Yes, the enemy is raging against your life. 
Because you're like, well, if I have a certainty with the Lord, then why haven't my prayer been answered? Then why am I still in the middle of this cycle? Why am I still going through this pain? Because the enemy hates you. The enemy rages against you. The enemy would like to destroy you. Yes, God does have a plan for your life. So does the enemy, and it is to kill you. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. It is not just some kind of like average competition of good and evil, and they are like warring back and forth, but it's God, and then it's the enemy, okay? And he is under your feet, under your feet. Greater is he that is in you. We have a certainty in the Lord. See, he's got the whole world in his hands. He's got it. It takes us a minute to get it. But he's got it. We can trust him. Trust me. Trust him. He's literally there. The Bible says as a forerunner, Jesus has made the way. He is waiting for us right there at our breakthrough. He is right there. He is behind us. He is on every side of us. He is walking with us. He is carrying us, and he is right there when we get there. He is not disappointed in you. He is not frustrated with you. He is anticipating you. He loves you. He's accepting you, and he's excited for you, and he is fighting on your behalf. Jonah's having a moment. A really bad one. But in the middle of it, he says this in verse 8. Those who pay regard to false, useless, and worthless idols forsake their own source of mercy and loving kindness. He's like, I did it wrong. And I know better. But as for me, verse 9, he says, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. He's like, I don't feel it, but I'm going to do it anyway. I will pay that which I have vowed. I promise to be your mouthpiece. I promise to preach your salvation. I promise to be the voice of redemption of the Lord. I don't like what you're asking me to do, but I'm going to do it anyway because salvation and deliverance belong to the Lord. Basically, God, you get to choose who you save. Here's Jonah wrestling through his heart condition. He ran from his calling. He's in the middle of this ocean and then the fish. He found himself in a place where he needs realignment. He needs a centering of his heart. You know, life right now, it, it, the society right now has us all messed up. We don't even know what to believe anymore. Half the time I think we say things that we don't even believe. You know, we just say it and then we're like, do I even believe that? Because we're so caught up in what's happening. We're struggling. What side to stand with? What to stand for? Is this okay? Is this not okay? See, Jonah knew this truth, but he ran from it because it didn't make sense to him. See, how many know that sometimes God might have to offend our mind in order to affect our spirit? In a moment of desperation, Jonah realigned. In the middle of the chaos, in the seconds of all that craziness where he's in the ocean... He still brought himself back to where he belonged, and we can too. 
So in the middle of the world, in the middle of your issues, in the middle of your pain, in the middle of the situations, you can realign yourself to Jesus. You can trace back because of your history with the Lord. You don't have to see it. You don't have to, you don't, you don't have to know where you're going necessarily. You just trace back the history as you earnestly remember the Lord. Verse 10, and the Lord spoke to the fish, and it vomited out Jonah upon the dry land. Wow. I'm like, what a three-day weekend. (laughs) Two things as I close, and why don't you stand? I'll have Josiah come on the keys Number one, over the next five, six weeks, we're going to hit some trending topics like I talked about that will stretch us, okay? Are you ready? It's going to challenge us, maybe soften us a little, hopefully. I'm telling you right now, there's going to be extra grace required, grace for others, grace for ourselves, grace for the ones delivering the word, please as we stand firm on the truth of the word. Grace for yourself as you allow Holy Spirit to come in and realign. It might be a little bit painful sometimes. We might touch on some hot spots, I don't know, that will cause you to make choices. If you're gonna allow Jesus to fully come in and and push yourself into a deeper surrender. You know, the way I look at it, we're either all for him or not. You know, it's like, for me, it's like, it's all or nothing. Like, I don't know why I would do this halfway. Like, what's even the point? If I can trust him with part of me, I feel like I can trust him with all of me. So we're going to walk this out together as we build history with each other. And the question is, do you trust us and the Lord enough that we will not preach our opinions or stand on our soapbox or slant it a certain way, but we will stand on the truth of the word. Because it's really not about convincing anyone of anything. It's about aligning our spirits and our hearts with the Lord, with the kingdom of heaven, so we can truly make an impact in the world, a world that desperately needs it, that needs love. The Bible says we have the mind of Christ, and if we truly have it, I feel like our conversation should reflect it. So I feel like maybe we have some work to do. I know I do. So will you come where God is asking you to come over these next few weeks? So number one, that's it. This week, your homework is to take some time in his presence to block off some time alone time with Jesus and ask him to prepare your heart and your spirit for what he wants to do in your life for the truth over the next several weeks number two today if you find yourself or maybe you know of someone that has found themselves in a place like Jonah where 
like it's just dark. It, it, it may be a running from God. It may not. It could just be you're just being tossed by the waves. You're just in a really dark place right now. You just need some hope infused back into your spirit. We would like to pray with you. We would like to come alongside. We would like to believe in the God that has never failed us yet. We would like to build history with you as we fight this thing, as we walk this thing together. I'm going to ask right now, I have some uh, some of our ministry team to come up and just position themselves here at the front. Um, and they're going to be available to pray with you, if you like, in a moment. See, in the dark times, sometimes we just need to refocus. Sometimes we just need some help. And if you're there and you're like, I just need to stop spinning you can come along the front here so we're like a little more evenly dispersed you're like I feel like there's someone here and you're like I've come for prayer a lot of times so I don't know if I should come again come again you know there was a time in my life where I was like every time there was an opportunity to receive prayer I went up and sometimes I didn't even have anything like I had nothing like I'm like they're like what do you need prayer for I don't know I just, I don't want to miss an opportunity to be prayed for. Like, I wanted to just do whatever I needed to do to be in the right place all the time. So I just always came. I just, and I'm, this, is, this is not to convince you. This is to encourage you. If you're feeling like maybe I should, you should. You know, if you're like, no, I'm good today, then that's fine too. But I'm going to pray over all of us. And, and as I pray and when I end, that's I'm dismissing you, but I'm also welcoming you to come. So it's kind of a both end. So, Father, I just thank you for everyone in this room right now. I thank you for this church family. I thank you for uh, the new, the old, and all the in-between that's gathered this morning. I thank you for our online presence that are watching from, from their place. And I pray right now. In this moment, as the Spirit of God goes out and touches his heart, that you would bring us in towards righteousness, that you would bring us in towards alignment, that you would encourage us in the hope of your promises, that you are unfailing, that you are never changing, that you are the same God yesterday, today, and forever. And surely what you've done for someone else, you can do for me. So in the spirit of that truth and in the knowledge of the power of Almighty God that is at work right now, we say these things in your name. Amen.